You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. And welcome once again, listeners, to the Essential Apple Podcast. And uh, this week, Mark is here, and we have a special guest. We have Jeff Carlson, who is uh, an author of several Take Control books, uh, a photographer, and regularly writes for uh, publications such as the Digital Photograph Review and Macworld. So, welcome to the show, Jeff. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. And how are you, Mark? Oh, I'm all right. All right. I'm just, uh, well, I'm sitting here quietly trying not to be jealous of the obvious talent that Jeff has got, just scrolling through his Twitter feed. Uh, <laughs> somehow you've managed to take a picture of two jam jars and just make them look awesome. <laughs> I wish I had that ability to take such an inanimate, sorry, innate object and just make it look and go, how the heck do you do that? <laughs> that one, that one especially was was. Uh, I mean, okay, I will admit that that I have some skill because I have done this for a while. But so many times, uh, something like that is just pure blind luck. So um, we have a couple of apple trees in our yard, and uh, a friend has an apple press. So we uh, every year we do uh, some cider pressing, uh, which is great. I mean, it's it's delicious and wonderful. And so I had these two out. Um, and like the sun broke through the clouds, came through the window, was backlighting those two uh, jars full of cider. And I had one of those moments that I, I'm sure you've also had, you know, no matter what camera you have, where like your brain lights up, and you're like, oh, oh, there's a shot, there's a shot. So I went and I grabbed my camera real quick and I probably spent way too much time shooting that. Um, <laughs> but I really liked the way it turned out uh, just because like, like the light was just perfect. Um, you know, th there are ways that you could do that and, and fake it with lights and all that. But that was just one of those moments where, you know, like there's just this, this thing where lights, or not lights, but like, like synapses in your brain just start firing because like, th like that's the shot. That's the thing that I need to take a picture of right now. And, you know, sometimes that's at the expense of my lovely family who are like, oh boy, he's got the camera out again. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to wait a couple of minutes, but um, you know, you end up with a shot like that. And it's, it's, it, it's very satisfying that way. Well, it's funny though, because we were having a conversation in the Slack chat room just the other day about a good picture versus a good picture. As in, is a good picture something like that where you've taken the time to frame it and shoot it versus a lower quality picture, but of something more spontaneous? Because there is always the argument that the best camera you have is always with you. And mm -hmm. it was it was a very sort of interesting back and forth between some of the way more talented than people than me conversation about 
it's like anything. If you're a photographer, can you just sit back and enjoy a, a picture without sort of over critiquing it? What's your uh, what's your take on it? <laughs> um, I would say yes. The answer is yes. Um, That's a very politically correct answer. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even trying to be politically correct. Um, so this is actually something that that uh, uh, Kirk McElhern and I talk about on our podcast, uh, Photoactive, quite a bit, um, because, you know, you are thinking about that moment. Right. Um, and so it really depends a lot on on what you're expecting to get out of it. Now, if you are a a you know professional photographer and you make your living through photography or you're on assignment or you are um, you know you sell prints or something you're going to be looking at that in a different way um, because you, you'll be looking at it more critically or you might be thinking like like how can I improve this how can I get to the right like the best angle for this um, but you know so many shots and and this is also true of professional photographers that I know um, you know they will pull out their iPhone and grab something super quick because they are capturing a moment. And usually, you know, that's like, like family moments, you know, where you just can't ask your child to redo something spontaneous, you know, hang on, hang on. I got to go get my camera out of my bag and, oh, that's not the right lens. Let me put a different lens on. And, you know, and by that time the child has wandered away because she's clearly bored. Um, and so you know, like they're both good because when you are looking at those photos later, even those like lower quality, maybe the the brightness isn't as good, you know, maybe it's slightly blurry, but what it's doing is it's it's triggering that memory for you. And I think for most people, when you're taking pictures, you're doing it to trigger those memories or to say, you know, oh, look at this thing that I saw, look at where I was. And, you know, how can I share this feeling that I have right now with somebody really easily? Well, you know, here's a fantastic sunset that's happening on my vacation. Um, I could absolutely go and get a tripod and, and do all that. And, you know, that's actually something that I've done um, because, you know, like, like my brain will tend a little bit more toward the how can I make a really good shot out of this? But there are so many times also where it's just like, I don't want to have to go to all that trouble. I can pull out my iPhone. I can get a good shot and I can put this on Instagram and just share that, you know, this is the feeling that I'm having. This is the awesome thing that my kid did. This is the, um, you know, quirky bit of light in this coffee shop. So, you know, it's it really depends on your perspective. And you know what? If somebody takes a look at that photo and they say, oh, well, boy, your your highlights are like really blown out. And I can't believe that you, uh, you know, didn't get this part in focus. And, you know, that's fine for them. That's their issue. If you look at a whole bunch of, you know, classic like street photography, um, you know, really uh, like, you know, foundational photos that we, we, we look back on, you know, a lot of the masters, um, their stuff is out of focus. Their stuff is heavily cropped. Their stuff is often, you know, really edited. Um, but those types of photos stand out because it has some sort of emotion, some sort of, um, you know, some, some quirk about it that catches your eye. And it doesn't matter if it's, if it's, you know, um, if the background is a little out of focus, 
or if it's not, fo you know, it's not out of focus in the right way. It doesn't have that, that super blurry bokeh. It's just like, a, uh, you know, a little bit blurry, what have you. It's the emotion of, of, of catching the shot and being able to save it and then remembering it from there. So that was a short answer for you. <laughs> I think this is as good as a comprehensive I was, was going to yeah. say, I, I sometimes, I'm not a photographer at all. I'm famous. I'm famous for taking about three photographs a year. And mm -hmm. uh, I once went on holiday with three digital cameras, the sort of pocket, you know, five megapixel type things. Uh -huh. uh, when when five megapixels was considered to be quite a lot, as it happens. But um, I came back with about four photographs. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas my friend took uh, his digital camera and went back with about uh, sort of half a terabyte of photographs. Right, he right. just snapped but... away at everything in sight constantly, you know, burst mode. But in that situation, like, like then you have to ask yourself, like, did you have a good time on your holiday, uh, even though you didn't take a bunch of pictures? And did he have a good time oh, on yeah. the holiday? We both had a fabulous time. and. Uh, you know that was something that he wanted to do and i am notorious for either never remembering to take a photograph or being too busy to do it and yeah, uh, yeah on the on the thing that you were saying there about the different sorts of photographs i kind of like to think of it as the difference between say looking at somebody uh, painting by somebody like renoir or rembrandt and something mm -hmm. by maybe i don't know you know van gogh or matisse you know the they're both great art but they're different yeah and you can get, you know, you can get a great shot and it doesn't have to be technically perfect if it captures something that you wouldn't have got if you'd been fiddling about with your f-stops and your, you know, exact focal length and, and all that. And other shots, obviously, you know, work because they have been done with a tripod and carefully lit and, and they're just, I feel like they're different parts of the same spectrum. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what I think is also interesting about photography in general, and um, again, I'm sure people have run into this, um, is that, you know, because it's a very technical thing, um, you know, like like there's so much gear um, and so many specifications and there's a lot of science to it and, you know, as well as art, you have that aspect of you know, there are people who like they want to dig deep into the pixels. They want to they want to go super technical um, and that's what they get out of it. And then there are other people who are like, you know, I don't need to know how to drive my car to drive my car, like like how it works. So I don't need to know every little thing about my camera. What I want to do is I just want to take a good picture. And, you know, th that's actually one of the interesting things about, um, you know, all the new features in the, the iPhone XS and actually the last several, um, uh, several iterations of the iPhone, uh, something like Smart HDR, which is, you know, it's, it's designed to um, combine multiple exposures in a fraction of a second so that you get a better shot. And um, so I, I wrote about this for uh, DP Review. And um, let me just say, I love DP Review. Um, I love the commenters at DP Review, but there are a lot of people there who they are the technically minded ones. They want to, you know, just dig into all the details. And so, you know, there was a big discussion in the comments about, you know, is smart HDR, is it just a trick? Is it good? Is it bad? And I think what a lot of people tend to miss is, you know, something like smart HDR is completely designed so that somebody who knows nothing about photography 
can just pick up their phone, take a snapshot and get something that would be better than doing the same thing with a smartphone, you know, three or four years ago. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the whole point is not, you know, hey, this is a really cool technical effect that gets made. The whole point is, hey, I just took a picture. It looks pretty good. Yeah. And and that's it. You know, and, and, you know, there's, there's definitely room for all of that. Um, it's, it's sort of weird that photography tends to be really competitive or I should say, excuse me, photographers tend to be really competitive. Um, no, actually I should amend that. Some photographers <laughs> tend to be really competitive um, because, you know, like there is that, that sense of like, you know, this is an objectively better picture than this other one. Um, but then you take emotion into effect and, it all kind of comes out in a wash, but, um, you know, one of the things again, that, that Kirk and I are trying to do with our podcast is, you know, give voice to a lot of people who like, they just want to go take pictures because they realize they like taking pictures and they don't want to, you know, know everything about it. And hopefully we're, you know, helping them learn new things, new techniques, like, you know, what, what is HDR and, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, uh, depth of field and stuff, but without, requiring that you need to go and get a degree in photography to do it yeah very much so i mean my my daughter uh, ruth who's in the slack is a uh, cutie melon uh, most of the people uh, she occasionally does a little segment on here where she'll review something or whatever but uh, she is uh, quite keen on uh, photography and she definitely has an eye as you know uh, she takes mm -hmm. photographs I mean, she took a photograph uh, at the start of the year. There was some snow, uh, you know, was falling. And she took a photograph of her brother with um, snow, you know, in his hair. And and it was a fabulous portrait. And she just, just saw it and took it. And it was, you know, a hundred times better than anything I'd ever imagined. <laughs> and um, so it was her birthday. And she uh, has been bugging me to get her a DSLR. So um, we've bought her... Um, uh, Canon EOS 1100D, uh, which I'm told is a good beginner's DSLR. Um, mm -hmm. And she's got a couple of decent lenses that somebody else gave her. So uh, I think she's going to uh, have fun with that. She was very excited when I told her I'd ordered <laughs> the body. But uh, you, if you, yeah, if you go in the slack, you, you can see some of her pictures. I don't know if you can see the older stuff or not, but um, she certainly, I mean, she posted one the other day, um, Quite simple. She won a prize at school because they did a ten mile walk for charity or something, and um, she just took a picture of uh, you know one of the other girls, um, and she got uh, they gave her a prize for best photograph of the ten mile walk, um, and and it's it's not obvious at all. Uh, it's it's like basically the girl's got her back to you pretty much. So there's a landscape and this girl with a, you know a photograph from behind. So all you see is her hair. It's a, it's a, I think it's a brilliant photograph. No wonder she won a prize for it. But uh, yeah, I don't have any eye for that sort of thing at all. My <laughs> mind, the typical, you know, I'm not quite as bad as heads cut off and feet cut off. But uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I have no eye for taking a photograph whatsoever. Quick question for you, Jeff. What yeah. what iPhone are you rocking now at the moment? Um, I I, I have the 10s. Um, one of the, uh, you know, the, the, the perks of what I do is that I, I can justify getting the newest iPhone, um, almost every year because I'm going to end up writing about it. <laughs> so, um, 
uh, yeah, the 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 10s, and I'm I'm really liking it. How much of a jump is the 10s from the 10 in terms of picture quality and all the other smart things that it seems to do? Because I personally, I'm feeling a little bit gutted because I just managed to get hold of a, a cheap secondhand 10, mm-hmm. and all the reviews that I've read are basically slating the camera. And I know it happens, you know, iteration after iteration, but this one seems to be, yeah, if you've got a 10 chuck it away, get a 10S because the pictures are just that much of a magnitude better. What's your opinion? I mean, obviously, <laughs> like you say, you do for DP review. What What's mm-hmm. your thoughts about it? Well, you know, a 10 is like like an entire year old. So I can't <laughs> imagine you'd even be seen in public with it with something that old. Uh, you know, it's just oh, shameful, <laughs> just shameful. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where um, uh, I think the, the, the 10S camera really is a lot better um if you have a 10 however unless you're really really keen on 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 the camera and and taking photos with it um i don't see a good reason to just chuck it away um you know the the stuff that they've done with the 10s um with the you know the 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 um co-processors and you know all the stuff under the hood the the smart hdr the improvements to um the portrait mode like like those are significant things um and uh again uh that that dp review article that i that i wrote um i i did a gallery for them and so there are a few um comparison shots like 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 the 10 to the 10s and when we're looking just at like the smart hdr stuff it's definitely an, an improvement but you know i i didn't spend all of last year going oh man why did i get this 10 because the camera's junk like like no the camera was great um it's just apple found a way to make the 10s you know just a bit better so you know unless you are you know in in my shoes where you're going to be writing about it or you know photography is really your thing then i would say you know there's no rush to get to the 10s um it's very cool you will get slightly better pictures um in some cases you'll get dramatically better pictures but um you know the 10 isn't isn't relegated to the dustbin by any means um so i don't know is, is that too too politically correct also because <laughs> you've just made me feel a lot better it's uh, oh it, good it's uh, it definitely is like a, such a, a leap above the um the seven, which is what I was coming from. Yeah. Some of the pictures yeah. I'm going, it's just because I, I gave my seven, well, I sold my seven to a friend of mine, and we, now we're comparing photos, and it's just like yours are just so, so much sharper, and it, it, it really is a, a good generational difference. But uh, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm happy with it for now. I think the whatever Apple do next year is going to have to be something special because I think what I've been reading, and it has been very little in the Apple press, is they have dramatically underplayed the camera and i sort of wonder if they did that because the 10 was the first sort of thousand dollar phone and they had to underplay it a little bit so it didn't make it feel too redundant too quickly based on the camera yeah i th- I, I i think there's definitely some truth to that um what's also interesting is that you know aside from them talking about you know just like the the general performance improvements of the the a12 processor and you know all of that stuff, which is kind of funny because, you know, for a long time, Apple like didn't want to emphasize that because it's not all specs. And, you know, when you're using a phone, um, 
you're not going to be like, wow, this A12 processor makes my phone feel so much faster. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, if you're coming from a, you know, a 5S or a, a 6 or something, then it's amazing. Um, and so they, you know, lean more heavily on on the photo uh, aspects of it. And so it's it, it's kind of interesting that that I agree that they didn't, sorry, I, I agree that they undersold the photo aspects, even though if, if you go back, like the photo aspects were also pretty prominently uh, put forth. So, um, you know, with, with smartphones in general, the cameras have, have become the, um, like, like the thing to fight over the thing to say, you know, Hey, yes, you know, our phone runs web pages and it'll, it'll, you know, do all sorts of cool things. And, and here's AR, but, you know, look at the camera because the camera is the thing that, you know, really appeals to people's personal nature. You know, yes, I can run a million more apps and yes, I can play with, you know, uh, augmented reality. Um, but, oh, I can take better pictures with it. Then yes, that, that makes me even more uh, excited about it. And yet, to go back to the original point, um, I think they, I think the quality that's coming out of it is better than than the way that they've sold it. Um, a, another really good example. So, because of all this this computational photography that's going on, um, you know, we the the processor is doing a whole lot of work, and it's 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 blending uh, uh, it's blending exposures, and you know, not even just in the smart HDR, but in um, you know, just every regular shot, the 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 phone's processor is doing a lot to create that final image. Well, one of the downsides to that is in the past, especially, you would zoom in on that and it would be very painterly, um, you know, and not everybody, you know, does the, the pixel peeping where they're, you know, opening up an image right away and, and, you know, tries to see everything really up close. But, you know, if you did even a little bit, then some of that quality kind of falls away. So it, you know, the images are you know really good when you're looking at it on a phone or sort of at arm's length. You give it a whole lot of scrutiny, and they're like, eh, not so much. Um, I think that they've done a really good job of improving that with the 10s, um, because I think what it is is a whole bunch of algorithms for for reducing noise. And they've just done a better job of that so that when you take a picture and you zoom in, you don't get as much of that, that sort of blurriness. Um, I think that's just, you know, a, a result of, of the technology and the algorithms and the processors improving overall. One other question I've got, and again, this is from the Slack chat room, is that there was a nice little bit of debate about that iPhone pictures are taken to be viewed predominantly on the iPhone because you've got the true tone display. Do you venture into actually printing them at all? Or are you basically just uh, purely in the, in the digital realm? Because I've, I've always wondered, because it looks different, because the display is calibrated to look make the picture look good, mm -hmm. does that necessarily make it more hard work if you want to put it into the printing realm? And I know, Simon, you do a, you work in printing, so you're probably way more qualified for this question than I, than I am. Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Simon. Oh, I was going to say the, the, the one thing that I find uh, in my work is that we get a lot of uh, stuff, you know, in newsletters and, and uh, you know, not professionally produced material, but like school magazines and whatnot, where they have a lot of um, 
They have a lot of uh, colour photography quite often. Uh, and obviously most of it is digital, whether it's taken with the DSLR or whether it's taken on a phone or whatever. Um, and the biggest thing we find is that um, the gamma is usually too dark. They're like, you know, they're like half a stop underexposed for, for print. As in, you know, if you look at it on your computer screen or you look at it on your phone, mm-hmm. where it's backlit, it looks lovely and vibrant. But when you go, bearing in mind that the CMYK printing process is a much smaller gamma anyway and cannot reproduce all of that vividness, um, which means all pictures, you know, when printed, have a tendency to become a bit uh, more um, dark. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we find, you know, that people are placing pictures and somehow it's like, are you not actually looking at this on the screen, you know, in your layout app? Because, you know, can you not see that it is underexposed? <laughs> um, and I'm sure, I'm pretty convinced, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a super technical guy on that front, but I am convinced that it's because people are taking photographs, you know, and looking at them on backlit LCD, you know, or OLED panels um, where they look fine. But, when I pull them up on mine, which is obviously, you know, try calibrated as best I can to somewhere near what you'd actually likely to see when you print it out, um, they're too dark. So, you know, if I spend a lot of time doing anything on people's photographs, it's usually, you know, brightening the midtones and, and giving the gamma a bit of a push to brighten it up. Yeah, I'm I'm going to sort of uh, 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 betray my my photographic uh, bona fides here by saying that that I I do not print very often, and I should like the left brain side of me is like, oh, you know, you're a photographer, you should absolutely be printing your photos. All sorts of photographers say that, um, and and yes, I will pass along that advice, and I will be a hypocrite and say that I have not printed very much of my stuff recently. Um, but I, I think what you're saying is absolutely on the mark because everything is, you know, everything is backlit. Um, I also think, you know, going back to, to the, the, the resolution issue that I, I mentioned, um, you know, seeing everything on the iPhone screen, you know, everything's going to look really sharp, even on a, you know, iPhone 10 S max, um, you know, device, which is bigger, um, everything's going to look really sharp because it's on a, you know, relatively, relatively small screen. Uh, if you go and print something and blow it up, um, you know, to even a, you know, moderately sized, uh, uh, print, um, you know, I, I don't know from personal experience how that translates. I think it probably does fine. Um, but it's not going to be the same as if you had like a, you know, much higher resolution, um, digital, uh, sorry, DSLR, um, or, you know, something shot from film or what have you. Um, so yeah, I, I have not done very much printing. I know that I should do more printing, but most everything that I have, you know, most everything that I publish now is, is for screens anyway. So it's kind of a, kind of an, an issue of context. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, if you, if you were to take um, some of the photographs, you know, where I've had to, uh, you know, brighten the gamma or whatever for, for print, mm-hmm. if you were then to take that, um, take that image and then say, right, we're going to put that on a website, it would probably look slightly washed out because yeah. it looked fine on, you know, it looks fine on a digital screen in the first place. It's just, it's one of those things that um, that's how people view them. Um, it's only often when people do go and buy themselves a, you know, a, one of these high quality 
um, photo printer type things that puts out on mm-hmm. super glossy paper, and that's when they start to get a bit disappointed. And you know, why is it coming out looking dark and murky? You know, just um, that's a whole different. <laughs> that's a whole specialist field <laughs> in its own right. I'll be totally honest. Uh, you know, de- dealing with, with that sort of thing. That is um, uh, at, at our mug um, many years ago. We've had people um, from places like Bodoni Systems who. Um, you know, specialising all that sort of colour management for photographers. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he came and gave us a, you know, sort of a two-hour talk about uh, all everything involved in that. And, uh, yeah, that is a whole very specialist field. And, of course, we have quite a lot of photographers in our, in our mug, and uh, some of them really get into that, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's well, a it's... whole rabbit hole of its own now. <laughs> it, it definitely is. Well, and that's also something that, you know, um... I think a, a lot more Mac users had to deal with before when we, we didn't have, you know, all the different screens, um, you know, like, like having a good, you know, a, well, a decently color managed system, especially if you were doing anything with publishing, like, like that was really important. Um, but, you know, now, like, like you look at the iPad, um, you know, you'll get people um, then just recently I was in a discussion of, of, of somebody who was like, okay, so, you can do all sorts of editing on the iPad and Adobe just announced, um, you know, quote unquote, real Photoshop for the iPad that's coming out next year. And like the next topic that always comes up that is always, well, yes, but are you going to do real work on the iPad? And part of the the argument against that is, you know, the iPad is not color managed. Um, you know, you can't just give it a color profile. Um, I think, and I may be wrong about this, but I think technically there is a way to do it. Um, but uh, like, like they, they introduced something in, I want to say iOS 10 um, that, that makes color management possible, but no one's really taken advantage of it. Um, but, you know, the, the bigger point here is, you know, okay, well, if you're going to do all of your photo editing on the iPad and it's not color managed, then you're going to bring it to your Mac and maybe that's not color managed. So when you print it, who knows what it's going to look like? And that's a very valid point. But I think it's also a very valid point for a very limited number of people who are really going to be doing that. And for those people, you know, they have systems in place so that they're going to do editing on an iPad. I actually do a lot of editing on my iPad in um, Lightroom Mobile. Um, but if it's going to sort of go beyond just, you know, hey, I want to do a little bit of correction here and there, then I'll, you know, sync it to my Mac and do sort of like like the final bits there. And I think people who are are involved in publishing and printing, you know, they have the systems and the knowledge to do that, to like take it that next step and say, okay, well, maybe the iPad, uh, you know, oversaturated the colors. And so I can correct that here. Um, there, there's a place on our podcast, we, we talked to um, a guy named Michael Rubin um, in a recent episode, and uh, he owns a place, I'm not trying to give him uh, an, an ad or shout out here, but um, he, he's, he's a really interesting guy um, who started a business called uh, Neo Modern in San Francisco. And what's interesting about that is like, you can go in and take iPhone shots and they will, um, you know, edit them and print them and frame them. It's, it's like really, you know, nice service. Um, but that's because they really know what they're doing. 
And so, you know, you go in there and you say, I've got this great picture of my family and I want to put it in a frame. And they they know how to, you know, deal with um, iPhone photos or DSLR photos. And, and, and that's not something that most people are going to deal with. Or if, if they are, they're going to go somewhere or they know somebody who has that knowledge to kind of push it that 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 extra you know ten percent, which happens to be like the geekiest ten percent of the oh, process. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I I totally agree. And I I think the other thing is, you know, you you can get it into a sort of uh, technical snobbery, if you like, where <laughs> yes. where you get people, you know, well you can't possibly do any decent editing on an iPad or even an iPad Pro for you know fill in reasons and. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's one of those, yes, but you're talking about 1% of 1% of 1% of the users, you know, most users who want to do that will either take pictures with the iPad or with their iPhone, and then they're going to take them into, you know, affinity photo or Lightroom mobile or whatever, Mm -hmm. and edit it on the iPad. And that is going to be perfectly fine. It's going to be perfectly fine for what they want and probably perfectly fine for 99.75% of the population. It's only not fine if you are in that, you know, ultra technical, super specialist. I spent four hours getting this shot. So when I get a print out of it, I want it to be exactly like I saw it when I took the shot. Um and th- there's nothing wrong with that for those people, but they are a very small <laughs> minority of the users of an iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think sometimes in the same way as, you know, the, the iPhone is a perfectly good camera for what it does. Um, I think I think Alistair in the Slack said uh, his biggest complaint on, um, you know, reviews was where people were saying, that, you know, the camera on the iPhone, this iPhone, that iPhone is fabulous and it's amazing. And he said, that if they could just put in brackets for a phone, he would be perfectly <laughs> happy because he says it is an amazing camera for a phone, but it is not an amazing camera when put up against a, you know, a high quality DSLR. And that's a oh, right. perfect, perfectly valid comment. I think I totally agreed with him on that. You know, you can rave, you can say everything you like one all the things you said about the fantastic computational photography work that apple have put in the neural engine all all that and it produces fabulous photographs for a phone and that's <laughs> that's it what you know there is nothing wrong with admitting to that nobody you know nobody feels or at least i don't know of anybody who's trying to say that you know this is a great camera and it will outshine well, even probably a, a DSLR that costs half the price of the phone. It's it's yeah. Well, and I I think sometimes too, um, a, a lot of people who are making that argument are you know the, like they're people like they've invested a ton of money. You know, if you want to get into photography and you want to go beyond beyond the basics, um, you know, it is really easy to throw a lot of money into a hole, um, and and get you know some really nice gear, and so. I think oftentimes you'll see a bit of defensiveness where somebody will be like, well, you know, I, I have this, this camera and I've got these lenses and I've put so much time and so much, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. experience and, 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 and brain power toward making, you know, great shots and, and, you know, like all the technical details. And yet this iPhone camera is getting all the attention. And so, you know, 
like, is that threatening? And I think for some people it is threatening. And, you know, the, the standard response would be, you know, no, like the iPhone is not going to take away your camera. It's not going to like, it. it's not likely to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's not likely to replace your DSLRs because just, you know, optics, you know, yeah. the, well, you know, technology is, is always improving. So well, technology um, is always improving, but that no matter how good you make, uh, you know, the iPhone camera, you yes. are still limited by the fact that you've got, you know, a lens the size of a lentil. Yes. And, yes. and you know, a, a sensor that's probably, I don't know, I've no idea how big the, you know, the CCD sensor is in the back, but I don't suppose it's probably any more than about seven mil square or something. Right, right, right. You know, and you, you get a DSLR and you've got, you know, you, you, you've got a lens, you know what, that's probably an inch and a half across and full focal length. And, uh, you know, you've got a... Um, you know, you, you've got a sensor on the back that's probably, what, I don't know, 100 mil square or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. there are technical limitations to what you can do with a tiny little lens and a tiny little sensor. It doesn't matter how brilliant you make it, it's still never on, mm. just, it just can't, is it? You, you know, right, it's, right. It's, it's, it's physics. Yes, you know, it's like, physics. Like, like actually bending light and recording light, like the, the, the bigger cameras are going to have that advantage. And also, you know, it, it's not like, like um, Nikon and Canon and Sony are, are just like, oh, well, geez, this no, is pretty yeah. good. I guess we got to chuck it in and, you know, not, not really uh, uh, yeah, do anymore. Time to go you know, home. <laughs> Pack up yeah. and go home. Yeah, no, exactly. 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 Not... However, the, the, the counterpoint to this is, um, you know, when you say that, well, the, the smartphone's not going to, not going to take away your cameras. The little asterisk behind it is, well, unless you were in the business of making little compact cameras, oh, which yeah. still had better optics, had better sensors, but just the the convenience factor of, oh, if I'm going to carry something that's roughly iPhone-sized anyway, and I can get perfectly decent shots, then I'm just going to put my little compact camera in the drawer and just take my iPhone. And so that's, I think some of the anxiety that that a lot of photographers have it's like well yeah but look like like the iphone has basically decimated the compact uh camera space you know and it is but it's also it's not because of the lens it's not because of the processor it's because you know why carry two different things when they'll when when the one that also does everything else can take a perfectly does... good photograph yeah exactly yes and uh... I think one of the things I always think about that is um, in the same, yes, it has, it's destroyed, you know, cheap pocket cameras for exactly those reasons. And as you say, it's not going to take away your cameras, you know, double asterisk, unless you want it to, because <laughs> right. if you're interested enough in photography to want to own a DSLR, then you are interested in that for its own sake. And therefore, the phone is never going to replace it, but for you know tens of thousands of people whose only um, photography really is yeah you know everybody say cheers at Thanksgiving and get a mm -hmm. shot of all the family round the table or oh let's take a photograph of the kids running into the sea at the beach then of course it is because they yeah. for that reason they don't it's another thing they don't have to worry about they've got their phone and therefore they have their camera and that's that's fine. 
one of the things that that is I think really interesting about this this whole sphere that we're talking about is, and, and this also goes back to to your daughter too. Um, we have more people who are you know taking pictures with their phones, uh, you know, billions of of, of pictures uh, being taken uh, every day. Maybe not billions, at least millions. Um, and those people who you know probably would have no interest in in doing more with photography, but a lot of people are. And so by, you know, taking shots that may be technically inferior in many ways, um, they are learning a lot of the, the photography foundations like composition and light and being able to look at a scene and, and, you know, see what's interesting about it. And I think a lot of people who are, I don't have any data on this, maybe it exists somewhere, but my gut reaction is there are probably a lot of people who, you know, get the photography bug by taking pictures with their smartphones and they realize that, Oh, you know, I can, I can, uh, spot like this really, um, beautiful composition of, of, of these flowers or what have you. Um, and that leads them to think, Oh, you know, Hey, I kind of like taking pictures. And then they look into maybe getting a mirrorless or, you know, going full bore. And what's, what's great about all of this and, this is going to sound very sort of like, like I'm up on my high horse and um, isn't art a wonderful thing for society. But um, it's the, you know, once you start taking photos and, and you, you start taking photos in a more deliberate way, and that can be, you know, just, just not solely taking snapshots with the iPhone. You see a sunset and you're like, oh, that, that looks really great. And you take a picture and then you're like, oh, but you know what? It might, be, it might look better from this angle. There's something in your brain that, you know, starts seeing things differently. And that's actually one of the things that I love about photography. I see the world much differently now than I did before I started doing photography because, you know, you pick up on, uh, you know, the difference between late afternoon light and middle of the day light and you see shapes and angles and compositions. And so I think, you know, the the net effect is millions of people are becoming better photographers, even if they don't want to be quote unquote photographers, that, that visual language, that, um, you know, that, that way of communicating is, is, is elevated. Yeah. And, well, I, to use a word that I probably might have to wash my mouth out afterwards, but <laughs> um, it, it's become democratized because mm -hmm. everybody has a smartphone, you know, certainly in, in the sort of the UK and probably most of the U S you know, most from the age of about 10 upwards, people carry a smartphone on the whole. Yeah. You know, all my kids have got smartphones. Um, all right, older versions, but, you know, they have smartphones. Um, yeah. And But it's democratized. Everybody can have a camera and a, a pretty good camera at that. Mm -hmm. And whereas previously, you would have had to want to go out and spend £100 on a pocket. I'm talking, you know a few years back when yeah, like I say yeah. when five when say four or five megapixels was a reasonably good pocket camera. But you would have had to want to go and spend a hundred pounds on a camera in order to even start taking photographs. Whereas um you know things sites like Instagram and Snapchat and uh, you know various other kind of messaging social media type uh, uh venues I think really are encouraging young people to um, 
express themselves visually through photography. You know, the whole selfie thing, although we can laugh at it, if you know, but it, it's just teaching a lot of people how to use a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, from there, some of them will never progress beyond family snapshots. Some, like my daughter, will start saying, I like what I can do with this. I can, you know, I can, if I go over there, then the, the light is better and it casts better shadows or, and so it is, it's, it is opening up photography in many ways to everybody. Right. And in, it's also, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say in, in ways which, you know, when I grew up, um, just wasn't really available because you had to become interested in photography and be prepared to spend a moderate amount of money to even get started. Whereas, all right, you, you pay a moderate amount of money for a smartphone, <laughs> but everybody, you know, it's become like having a pair of shoes, really. You know, everybody has a smartphone. Right, right, right. And actually, that that was exactly the point that I was going to make um, in that, you know, when when I was younger, um, you know, when when if you wanted to be a photographer, like that was that was a goal. Like you had to say, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to start taking pictures. And I think that, that, that the entire space was a little more limited because you had to like make that commitment. You had to buy the gear. You had to learn the, the, the foundation and the fundamentals. Um, now with everybody having a camera, like, like it's, it's much more widespread. It's much more opened up. And so, you know, if you say, oh, I'm a photographer, that can apply to almost every, anyone now. Um, and that's okay. The, the, the thing that, that this made me think of is, um, you know, once I started doing more photography, and uh, yeah, I should probably point out for, for listeners who, who don't um, know me as well, um, like I am primarily a writer who became a photographer. Um, I'm not like a, a professional photographer in the sense that I make my living from taking pictures. I, I enjoy taking pictures and I have been published and, and all of that, but, um, you know, much respect to, to the photographers who like taking pictures is the way they earn their living. So I started taking pictures. Um, I, I like went on, um, a, a couple of, uh, uh, photo workshops. Um, I, I now like co-lead, uh, some photo workshops and so my dad was like, you know, hey, so, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of photography now. And I was like, yeah. He's like, so are you going to be like a wedding photographer? And um, like my, my first reaction was um, to sort of recoil uh, <laughs> because, you know, and, and you know, he, he didn't know this because in his mind, like a photographer is you know, the photographer that goes to the wedding that does portraits that, you know, or, you know, uh, goes and camps in the national parks for two weeks to get amazing shots. Um, you know, and my response was like, Oh God, no, like, like the, the degree between, you know, what I do and being a wedding photographer, like there's a giant chasm there. Like I know the basics, but, um, you know, I, I have a huge amount of respect for wedding photographers because, like that is a different beast. That is something where, you know, like you need to know specialized technical knowledge. You need to know really well how to work with people, how to, you know, find angles, how to be in the moment. Like you don't get the the luxury of say a landscape photographer where you you go and you show up and you wait for the sun to come up and you look for angles. Like you got to be on your toes all the time. 
Yeah. And so, like, uh, I mean, I'm, in a similar vein, I'm always amazed by like sports photographers. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Man, have you got to be <laughs> totally sort of, you know, split second timing brilliant to do that. Right. Right, right. And so what's great is like, like there's such a broad amount, you know, like, like your daughter could decide that she wants to be a fine art, fine art photographer, or, you know, she may want to be like an action photographer or, you know, an event photographer, or maybe she doesn't want to be a photographer as a profession, but she's going to, you know, have that eye. She's going to have that, that photographic sense you know, from now until forever, um, because, you know, she's, she's not only, um, you know, like found that spark and found that interest, but, you know, especially, you know, the, the, the current generation, like that's all they know. They know that, that they have a camera all the time and they can express themselves with it. Yeah. And and so the, the other thing that goes with that and that is, um, I always remember, of course, the the thing with digital is it's it's effectively limitless. Yeah, you know, when I was when I was young, it, even if you were lucky enough to have a camera, you know, you had twenty four shots, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it cost money to get the pictures back, so you had to be very careful. And so you were always, you know, I must be really careful to make sure I get a shot that's not wasted. Right. Uh, whereas right. you know now you can whip out your camera and you can take a hundred shots. Um, so you can experiment to your heart's content at no actual cost. Right. Which is, you know, fabulous. It allows people, I'm sure, to explore their creativity much, much more. I, I will admit, I've been cheating recently because I've been trying to do a bit of video work uh, and I was going to touch on Adobe Rush, but I think I kind of missed that uh, point. It sucks, by the way, Adobe <laughs> Rush. I've got it on an iPad Pro and... Oh, it's it's an abysmal slow mess. But, oh, um, really? Oh, it, maybe it's the it doesn't like working with 4K video. But literally, any time you do like a zoom in or a zoom out on the the video timeline, it just grinds to a halt. It's like it's recaching the video timeline all the time. It's it iMovie in comparison seems like a speed demon, even though it wow. lacks many of the features. Uh, I was just going to touch on that about the productivity. I'm just, I have a question. Have you, do you touch any of these sort of Android uh, sort of phones for their cameras or do you just stick mainly the Apple stuff? Uh, I've, I've heard of Android. Is it something that's catching on? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's right up there with the Windows phone. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh I, I can't wait for the next Windows phone. Um, <laughs> I, I have not done very much with Android. Um, I have an old Android phone here that's just, uh, you know, a, a test uh, test piece. Um, but the the type of work that I, you know, have sort of found myself doing um, has just lent itself to, you know, writing about uh, Apple and iPhone stuff. Um, because uh, I think I know where you're going with this because you know like 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 the cameras in the the new pixel 3 and and the pixel 2 like they're all also really good cameras um uh when, when i wrote my 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 piece on the iphone 10s for for dp review um you know invariably half the comments were like yeah but it's crap compared to the the the, the pixel or the pixel does a better job of this and that um you know it's like great yes they are working hard too um, but I haven't done very much, you know, hands-on myself. 
Right, well, boys, we've been going for an hour now, so I think we're going to take a short interlude. There's no uh, John Nemo this week because he is on a short vacation. Uh, ah. So we, I think we're going to uh, have a short interlude while we refresh our uh, beverages, and then we'll come back and shall we skim over a few tech stories, um, and then we'll wrap it up, I think. Great. Well, that's it, people. We are now refreshed with uh, fresh, hot beverages. And uh, we're going to move on to a couple of stories. Uh, As Jeff has been so uh, kind to talk to us uh, at great length, we are going to only do a couple of stories. So we're going to start with the biggest story of the week, aren't we, boys? I can't believe we haven't brought it up yet. And Bagelgate. Bagelgate. Can you believe it? (laughs) <laughs> did you I did you see that panini that's all i'm going to say on it <laughs> we know what you think about paninis they're just <laughs> a squash baguette <laughs> um it's just a squash roll that's been heated up that's all it is it's actually cheaper to make than a normal roll because it can take oh, ah. <laughs> this is like dare, not daring fire well business insider and the in, cheese truck and the cheese truck again. yeah all over again <laughs> the um no but did did you boys actually see the bagel gate uh story i saw it like you know after it had been um, you know, reported that they were going to change it. Um, I can honestly say I never, ever looked at the bagel emoji and said, oh, this is just wrong. Well, now, at the maybe, moment. Maybe, maybe that's because I, I live on the West Coast of, of, of the United States. Um, you know, bagels are not a really big deal here. Um, and people that I know who, like, know New York bagels will basically say, like, like there's nothing – uh, you know, on the West Coast that that's even even re- remotely compares. And, you know, <laughs> my whole life I've been like, OK, whatever. I'm sure that you have, you know, your own preferences, you know, it's sort of like 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 liking a favorite football team. Um, but I will admit I went to New York on vacation this spring and I had like an amazing New York bagel. And now I get it. Like, I understand that there can be a difference. but. Um, to, to make a big deal over emoji that <laughs> it, it just escapes me. Why? 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 And then it's the it, internet and it's what we do on the internet. We oh, right, it. right. The internet. I forget. And in order to, to... Be to something, otherwise you can be outraged. I have nothing to be outraged about. <laughs> it's also true. There's apparently... nothing else to be outraged in the world right now, except for, for emojis. Yeah. yeah. And, and apparently <laughs> just goes to show that the mindset uh, I, I suppose i get it it's like a cultural icon in some parts of the world it's like uh whales and sheep and british with their beer and like the cornish with their pastas i suppose it does kind of make sense but it's a freaking emoji it's like oh well it hasn't got dimples on it it's like when do we start what are we <laughs> i'm waiting for the thread that someone does a john syracusean style blog post on <laughs> What's wrong with every single emoji? <laughs> I, 
I don't know if I should be impressed or saddened that how Apple reacted to it so quickly. <laughs> well, the whole thing was they they changed it and then they they've made it look more handmade apparently and added cream cheese. But uh, you know, my view was I'm sorry, but surely bagels come in all sorts. You know, poppy seed bagels, onion bagels, sweet bagels, plain bagels. Um, and who said you have to have cream cheese? That's like saying you can't have a bread emoji unless you have peanut butter and jelly on it. I mean, uh, just... No, you can't have a bread emoji because it might be gluten-free. You've got to be wheat intolerant. See, you can go... Th- it can happen. <laughs> it, it's a slippery slope. Sorry, good Jeff, go on. But I was going to say, I, I, I've been waiting for the for, for the inevitable bi- backlash from people who are, uh, you know, lactose intolerant, like a cream cheese. Wait, 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 wait. I, I can't use this emoji anymore. Yeah. That would be like, I can't. There's, there's dairy in there. I can't. What, what am I going to do? Yeah. And that is why. Look at this. That was a beautiful segue there, Jeff. Donnie, our friend Donnie, is going to make a Donnie's Bagel Bakery sticker set. So you can choose your own emoji. So there. <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that coming soon. Oh, and uh... it, it it reminds me of what I, I'm not. I'm hoping that this is a viral marketing campaign. I really do. But uh, <laughs> it was so. So we got Kleenex tissues, and there was apparently a campaign to get them renamed because people were getting offended by the word man-sized tissues. Yeah. And then someone uh, popped up to say, well, in that case, though, we need to rename Manchester to Peoplechester. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that sort of world, Donnie, we live in. <laughs> Bir- hey, it's a bit of the <laughs> famous uh, Telly Savalas. Birmingham, it's not shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a joke. In fact, Simon, you might want to get the bleeper ready. It's like Scunthorpe. Who put the T in that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry, dear. Jeff. We see this is what happens. We've just had an hour of beautifully crafted podcast and excellent, and the second that we take over from the guest, it all goes down the gutter. Apologies, Jeff. <laughs> right. No worries at no all. No worries at all. And Donnie has also asked me to. Uh, point out that is currently having a sale on uh designbundles.net where he is scribbly and that's s-k-r-b-l-y uh and i think there's about 30 percent off his uh clip art available on designbundles.net uh and as a side uh, uh thing to bagelgate um that led us down a right rabbit hole didn't it in the slack boys <laughs> We were we were drawn into salt beef and corned beef at great length, by the way, as a result of discussing whether or not salt beef is a suitable thing to have on a bagel. So there. <laughs> Look, you're stunned into silence. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> cream cheese. But then again, I'm I'm still a person who keeps biscuits in the fridge. I mean, I don't know what your take is on that, Donny, but do you Donnie. Me, I like to have chocolate in the fridge as well as the odd biscuit. We're we're gonna go down this rabbit hole. Where's your what's your take on that? What me? I don't Donnie. It's not Donnie. Donnie's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I thinking Because we were talking about Donnie. (laughs) Too late. It's too nice. I should have started drinking. Sorry, Jeff. I do apologize. (laughs) It's because you are That's because I was talking about Donnie. And I do apologize very sincerely, Jeff, is because He's infected me with this stupid fishing game that I've been absolutely addicted to for the last couple of weeks. So it's like any time I'm in the slack, all I can think of is the moment that 
Donnie said about this horrendous fishing games. I do apologise, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, come on, look. Aside from uh, Bagelgate and the um, corned beef gate in the slack, uh, (laughs) there was another little story. There was another little story, which I suppose perhaps we ought to mention, and that is Apple have apparently announced that there is a There's More in the Making special event to be held on October the 30th in New York. So what have we got to say about that then, boys? So so they're saying that there's going to be more emojis? They're they're making more types <laughs> yeah, of emojis? I, I reckon, that, yeah. That sounds amazing. Let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, they, well, they should have used it for the last event to, to add something a bit more interesting to it. The last event did seem very repetitious. Uh, just repeating the same things over yeah. and over. Um, I've done no research on this because I'm des well, other than the idiots of YouTube infected my YouTube stream about a possible um, new iPad uh, and maybe the odd whisper of a Mac Mini. That's pretty much all I've heard. But I I can't remember if I've seen an iPad leak or not. Has anyone seen any leaks or anything? It seems to be fairly quiet this time around They're, compared to the the old iPhone thing. There's I've only seen you know the 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 usual like here's an artist's rendition of what it might be like. So, and I I, I don't really pay attention to those because guess what? Apple's going to tell you soon enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that tends to be our view. I think 9 to 5 Mac, uh, I think we mentioned it last week, actually, Mark. They had a sort of semi-rumor, semi-speculative uh, uh, take based on sort of um, Mr. Troughton Smith's kind of digging. Uh, there was talk that it might be USB-C um, and they will have... Mm thinner bezels but no notch and probably no home button um but then again a, a lot of those sort of things are the sort of thing that you don't actually have to have a huge amount of uh, inside knowledge to make a reasonably good stab at guessing i don't think so uh the the smart money obviously is on new ipads uh and i think a lot of people are holding their you know uh, heart in their hands and praying for some new Macs. But well, uh... there's obviously going to be something coming out in terms of laptops because there has been on a few feeds that I've had quite a few sales, and it seems like people are really starting to slash and put stock out there. Mm. Uh, so that's usually one indicator. Um, I, I've just been able to jump to, uh, I think it's the first generation iPad Pro, right? Uh, and I'm really liking it, especially split screen. Uh, but now I'm kind of thinking I want the bigger one because I've only got the the Diddy Pro. Like the, I'm still thinking, yeah, 10, I'm 10 doing point, a lot on this now. Ten point nine, is it? I'd, I'd be doing a lot more if Adobe rushed wasn't just so biblically slow. <laughs> <laughs> just just to throw that one out there. Just again. throw that one in there. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh well, I don't know. I think the real truth is nobody knows. So we're looking forward to the event on October the thirtieth. Um, which bizarrely they're having in an opera house. I think, are they? Is it an opera house? We should have a sweepstake on how long we think the event's going to last because everyone's always going on about, oh, predictions, predictions, predictions. I think we should have a sweepstake and see who gets closest to the time. I'm going to go with one hour, 17 minutes. Blimey. If they don't have an eye, if they don't have a new Mac, if they have a new Mac, I'm going to go now with one hour, 43 I was going to say like 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 one forty two. Um, oh no, that's the that's the prices, right? What, oh, what was that game? 
<laughs> I was going to say that before you said 143. But of yeah. course. I, I, <laughs> I personally, um, I, I think of late, Apple seemed to have drifted into the uh, into the two hour mark. It was almost exactly two hours. So I'd probably go with like 155 or something. But there we are. Um, I guess it all depends on, you know, are we going to see some of the things that that are more of the unknowns, like like you know a, a Mac Pro? It's it's kind of amazing that Apple, you know, uh, mentioned that they were working on a new Mac Pro. Uh, what was it like end of twenty seventeen? Yeah. Um. And and there's still been nothing. So you know, are they going to release something or at least you know tease something? Because uh, it seems. I mean, the weird thing about Apple these days is just how long uh, they're they're taking between some of the some of the um, the machines, like like the Mac Mini. It's been what four, four years, years now. now. Since yeah, the last it, it actually crossed the four year anniversary. Yeah, uh, the other day, and they're still selling it with that same exact hardware. Like they yeah. never even not you know, nothing, not upgraded spec, the processor or not anything. Spec bump, nothing, which is you know terrible, really disgraceful. Um. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I would expect because, I mean, they said the Mac Pro was going to come in 2019. Now we're getting quite late into 2018 now. So oh, right, I right. would probably expect to see at least a teaser. I mean, the, the you know, the Mac Pro we've got now, I seem to remember they teased some months before it was available. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they've done, of late, they've seemed to have taken to doing that with various things. Although, of course, the air power has become currently vaporware. Um, it, it's very, it's, uh, the, the Mac, I mean, it depends, Apple seems to have sort of really gone with this high-end only approach and the mac mini i'm trying to work out what era the mac mini sort of came along because it was supposed to be for what i gather the affordable mac the one that you could pick up in in hushed tones used with all your pc parts like your keyboard was, your, um, mouse, and your monitor well the original uh, and the, away you go the originals are what g4 the original sorry something to say again you're quite uh, quiet uh, there old chap i said the the original was a, a g4 i believe yeah and then it just sort of stopped. And I, I don't want to say it's a sign. Well, actually, was Steve still around when the iMac, oh, sorry, yes. when the Mac Mini got updated? Yeah, I think I'm pr- so. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I hate saying that. It's like, you know, because we're, we're in Tim Cook's era now with Apple well and truly. And it's just sort of, I think we've seen enough now along the lines, and this isn't to criticize anyone, particularly at Apple, that they will eke out a product until it, until such point, the people complain, 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 and it gets so much traction on the noise, uh, on the web and everything like that to a significant point. Then they go, ah, right, we better do something about that. But it would be nice to maybe see a sneak preview or something uh, for the for this new Mac Pro that's coming out. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I say, obviously, there's there's talk of iPads. There's mutterings about um, a possible laptop. And obviously, I think a lot of people are praying for a Mac Mini and probably news of the Mac Pro. But uh, until it comes along, we're going to have to uh, wait and see what happens, aren't we? Because yeah, well, it's also interesting that you know something like this. You know, Apple has has really stuck to a fairly consistent schedule. So it's like, are they going to uh, you know? at least bump up the the specs for for the macbook pro yeah probably 
you know, but that's not really exciting. So what else would they be doing an event for that, uh, you know, other than for the marketing purposes of saying, yes, 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 we remember the Mac still exists. Stop bugging us about it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like then there's that that other half that says, uh, you know, OK, well, maybe they'll do something new. Maybe it'll be, you know, um, uh, new AirPods that do something. Oh, yes, please. Else, you know, something that we can't even dream of. And and I. <laughs> I'm a longtime Apple fan. Obviously, I've been writing about them forever. Um, but there's also that that part of me that's like, well, most likely they're going to do, you know, seventy percent of what we expect, and you know, thirty percent of just, uh, you know, boring stuff like, you know, hey, let's talk about customer satisfaction, um, you know, and there might be like two percent of something really new and interesting, and we're always hoping for the new and interesting, like that's. You know, what are they going to, is the Mac mini going to become this to totally different thing? Is, is your Apple TV actually going to be the Mac mini, which is actually going to be, uh, you know, the, the home pod? Is it, you know, and all those like, like ideas swim through your head. You're like, like all these things that they could do because we look at the technology they have. Oh, look, listen, what? Well, and then the announcement is like, we've got faster MacBook pros. Yay. Yay. We've got iPad pros that are better. Thinner. Thinner. You know, and you're like. <laughs> Oh, well, that's good, and but it's just not as exciting. And It's what you should have been doing. I, yeah. It, it's kind of nice to know that, in a way, you know, Apple doesn't jump on every single you know, revolution of Intel processor just to give it a spec bump because, yeah. you know, the OS is, I think, Mojave. Is it Mojave or Mojave? Mojave, apparently. Oh, Mo Mojave. The, the new operating system, <laughs> yeah. uh, even on my, what have I got here? Let's have a look at the old Mac Mini. Uh, da -da -da. On a late 2012 Mac Mini, it's going like the clappers, uh, unlike, uh, what was the previous one? Unlike High Sierra, which was just a big bog. So it's nice that they're sort of relying more on, it reminds me back of the olden days, like on the Amiga and the Atari, where you didn't have, you know, you bought a computer, that was it. You were stuffed for about three, four years, maybe mm -hmm. five, before you'd get a revel uh, and did the next one. Not like now, where it's like every six months. So I, I really sort of like, like the old school feel of um, them really trying to eke out as much as they can from it. But it's like when they start doing things like, yeah, it's a spec bump, and we're going, well, we've kind of been waiting for that all we can do is have the sort of apple faith that uh when phil schiller comes out and goes right we've waited because of this and explains it to us all we'll all go yes of course that's what you kept us waiting we all knew that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well and and you know remembering that that you know they're doing this stuff every year and most of the the big advancements like that's that's like a you know four or five year uh roadmap to get there and so we forget that, um, you know, like 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 the iPhone XS, like they would have had to start working on this, like what three years ago for 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 the chips oh, yeah. and all all Definitely. of that. Um, and so, you know, like when you look at it objectively, it makes sense that okay, you know, having better specs, like that's great. And you know, somebody who is is upgrading to a MacBook Pro that maybe they've been holding off, uh, you know, maybe three or four years, and they're going to get a new model, and that's going to be a great update for them. Um, you know, when, when I bought my 2016 MacBook Pro, uh, I 
had a, a 2010 MacBook Pro that I had just like I had squeaked out everything that I could from there. And so when I upgraded to to my new one, finally, um, it was amazing. It had had like like really good Bluetooth. Can you believe that? And, um, <laughs> you know, all sorts of of of, of advancements are like, oh, OK, like this is a, this is a great jump. Um, but, you know, most of the year over year isn't that exciting. And yet, because of, you know, so many years of Apple just doing extraordinary things, we're all wondering, like, okay, is this going to be the year that they that they announce something that's just going to melt your face off? You know, because they have done that occasionally. And so you're like, oh, well, maybe this is going to be the one. Maybe this is going to be the one. And usually it's not. But then, you know, within 15 minutes, I swear, of every Apple announcement event, Somebody puts puts up an article that's like, well, the rumor is that next year it's going to be blah blah blah. <laughs> oh blah, god, yeah. yeah. And oh, then you're like, yeah. oh well, oh okay, well now I'm all excited about that, and <laughs> you know the 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 hamster wheel just keeps rolling and rolling. Ten things Apple must do. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Oh, <laughs> just it, it's like having a steak and going, well, what's it? it, it it's like going for a three course meal, and before you've even got to your main course, you're thinking, oh, what am I going to have tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> like just just enjoy what you've got just let it it's like a wine let it breathe just enjoy it <laughs> uh, I, I i i think one of the notable features that i would like and it's would like and it would sort of sway me to get um to upgrade any of my systems would be to get a newer mac with a newer bluetooth stack so i could use the old uh watch to unlock my mac and i know in the world of things as it is right now, that's a complete first world dream. It's like saying, <laughs> I just want to be able to sit next to my Mac and let it unlock with my watch. <laughs> that's one of the features that excites me the most. And it's such a uh, a small thing. Um, we You have got this on your website, Jeff, which ties us in nicely. Uh, a small article about some of the things that you really like in Mojave. What's been some of your Mojave highlights without giving too much of your article away <laughs> well um you know what it is a lot of those those little things um like for example like honestly unlocking my mac with my apple watch um happens several times a day and half of those times like i have a little internal giggle that's like hee hee i didn't have to in input my password um you know and it's it seems like such a silly thing and it's not a, like a it's not something that is essential like i need to ditch all my hardware so that i can get this one feature and yet every day it's this great little convenience um so then that's not mojave specific but just you know like like that's a really good example um i am embarrassed to say i really like the new stacks feature on the finder because um i've had uh sorry on the desk desktop i've had desktops that are just a complete you know uh bomb went off debris strewn mess yep. um and uh and you know i have <clears throat> i'm gonna sort of you know pump myself up here a little bit um i have on occasion gone and cleaned my desktop uh, because i know that that it's it's not useful to have such a, a dirty uh, desktop um but to be honest what i would do is i would uh create a new folder that says old stuff and just yep. chuck everything else in there um i probably have like four levels of those that i'm, <laughs> I'm not going to admit in public or, wait i just two. did yes um and so uh uh even though 
my current desktop was not that bad. I actually did do some real cleaning. Um, having stacks uh, just like organize that all for me, um, I found to be actually useful. And in that like like weird sort of internal mental, like I can look at my computer and I'm not uh, like that tiny bit more anxious because there's clutter everywhere. Um, you know, I, I am by no means a fastidious, uh, neat person. Um, it's a good thing that we're not doing video because you can see my office. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there is that, that thing where it's like, oh, this computer, th th this device that is designed to make things easier for me actually made this easier for me. So that's, that's been pretty cool. Um, what else? My gosh, what else is 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 in? Uh, I was going to say, I, Mojave, I, I've, I've totally blanked on it. I personally, um, I'm a bit like you on that, in that I don't notice anything in particular, and yet it just feels nicer. It's, yeah, there's just I, I can't say, oh, you can now do this or you can now do that. Um, somehow it's it is it's a, a combination of a whole stack of little things that you can't even really remember what it was like before they were there. I guess, you know, things like you can, um, you know, the ability to, to rotate uh, something in, in quick look, that sort of thing, um, you know. Other than sort of me, well, new iPads, uh, maybe a Mac Mini, maybe something on the uh, Mac Pro. Anything else you think we're going to get a uh, an iMac speed bump or we're going to get a even slimmer design where Phil Schiller turns it around at a very, very specific angle to show the one bit that is? I wasn't to, the only person to notice that. To, to, to show you that it's actually disappeared. <laughs> when he turns it edge on, it actually becomes invisible. I would like to see an improvement to the AirPods other than just more battery life because I use my AirPods every single day. If I can't the find them, it's like, where are they? Where are they? It's, it, it's, it's a part of my universe now. And Very good. isn't that sort of bizarre that, that, that something that, and I will completely admit that I sort of poo pooed them and I was like, well, you know, yes, they're, they're great, but you know, do I need to spend this much money on a pair of Bluetooth headphones? Um, you know, I had a pair of, of Bluetooth headphones that go over my head. Um, and you know, like they seemed perfectly fine. And then, uh, I got a chance to review the AirPods, um, and I have to say, like, that made me say, okay, I, I need to buy these right away um, because, like, it's so convenient. It's so well done. And not just the, the, the design of them um, and not even, like, like a sound quality issue. Um, like, they're perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> going back to people who are, like, really into things, you could talk to audiophiles all day about uh, the audio quality and, you know, whatever. Um, but, like, just, like super simple things like I can have my AirPods in and I can switch between my phone, my iPad, my Mac, or my Apple TV just by going on those devices and saying, connect here. Um, you know, and it like, it literally just works. And, you know, like, again, like that's another little tiny detail that happens, you know, a few times every day that makes all the difference because I'm not frustrated with it. Um, like with my other headphones where uh, it actually has a feature where, where it, it can be connected to two devices at the same time, which sounds like a great deal, but it's really not. 
So for example, um, I will be in the living room. I will want to watch something on the Apple TV, but my daughter's asleep in the next room. So I'll just listen uh, through through Bluetooth. So I'm not making a big ruckus. Um, and then suddenly, like on my other headphones, um, you know, I'll get mail on my Mac, which is in the office upstairs. And so, you know, we're watching a movie, da, 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 all of a sudden, you know, bing, and it just screws everything up with the, with the AirPods. There's none of that. Like it works the way you expect it to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It was, they're worth it alone for not having snagged my ears on the cable <laughs> in yes. over a year and a half until the one day I couldn't find them. And I was like, I had to make a phone call, <laughs> grab them. And it's like, what the hell is this? What is this dangling around me? Why? <laughs> oh, it, it it just practically felt barbaric. And uh, I'll tell you another thing with the AirPods as well. It's um, like most people, I haven't got a sane bar for my TV. I just rely on the internal crummy uh, speaker uh, mm-hmm. for it. So I thought, well, I'm going to hook it up to my uh, my Apple TV and watch Westworld. And I, And the second I did that, it was like, holy moly. How much sound have I been missing? Yes, all this time, not just in Westworld, but anything. And it's sort of wow. <laughs> it it just it it literally transformed Westworld for me. It's amazing how crummy the speakers on most televisions actually are. Like I don't know why you pay good money for televisions and they're equipped with the worst speakers in the world it's diabolical just a way to sell you another piece of kit i think there we are yeah (laughs) totally true right boys we've been going for a quite a long time so i think i'm going to do two uh quick mentions um and that is uh we've uh worth a chirp from uh mac jim which is lexar have launched a new jump drive fingerprint secured usb flash drive with 256 bit encryption um so uh that, thank you mac jim for pointing us to that one uh if you're in need of secured data uh storage um and i bought myself um a mesh wi-fi system mm-hmm. uh in the week yes uh i bought a tender nova mw3 two-pack which is a whole home mesh wi-fi system i got it on amazon um it was 70 pounds uh and I believe it's $70 in the US. And it contains uh, two little uh, white plastic boxes. Um, I plugged one into my existing router uh, and one in upstairs. Uh, and that was it. It's done. Um, my daughters are already saying that the Wi-Fi, you know, uh, the Internet has improved. So uh, that was, I think that was £70 well spent, to be honest. Um well, actually, I didn't pay £70. I paid 63 because at checkout, they presented me with a just click here to get another 10% off. Um, there we go. Uh, it, I will say that Tender themselves uh, put a little note. If you have uh, fibre broadband of more than 100 megabits per second, you should probably buy the more expensive MW3 set. But uh, I don't. I only get uh, 64 megabits per second, nominal. So... Uh, I'll let you know next week if it continues to be excellent. But uh, there we are. Just thought I'd mention those. Right. Shall we wind the show up, boys? Yeah, because I need to go and make food. And uh, what t- Actually, Jeff, I, we haven't asked this question yet. What time is it over there? Uh, it is currently 10.18 in the morning. Oh, and it's, 
Hang on, you want a Sunday or a Monday? No, uh, Sunday. Ah, yeah. right, just checking. You can never tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right then, uh, Jeff, this is where we usually ask you to promote your sites, wares, social media presence, and anything else that you wish to, uh, well, promote. Uh, absolutely. So the best place to find me is uh, on the web at jeffcarlson.com, and that has links to everything. Uh, but things I would love to point out, um, I mentioned the the Photoactive podcast. Uh, give it a listen. Um, and uh, I've written several books for Take Control. Um, love being a part of Take Control since the beginning. Um, my most recent is Take Control of Your Digital Storage, which talks all about, um, you know, hard drives and SSDs and um, Apple file system and, and NAS devices, like like that whole realm of how do you deal with your storage? Um, and then on the photographic side, uh, I've uh, written Take Control of Your Digital Photos and Take Control of Lightroom CC. Um, otherwise, uh, you can find me on, you know, on Macworld, uh, DP Review, and uh, I'm currently working on, on a book on uh, Luminar, Skylum's Luminar uh, for Rocky Nook. And so that'll, that'll be coming out. Um, I'm not sure when it's actually coming out. It's sort of depending on, on uh, uh, when Skylum gets, gets their, their next releases yeah. out. <clears throat> well, that's excellent. But, that's excellent. Um, I will say... Uh, to our listeners, the uh, Joe Kissel 30% offer is still in effect. So if you want to get hold of Jeff's books, uh, go and uh, purchase. You can either use the code Essential Apple at checkout, or from the show notes, you can click the link, which will uh, automatically apply your discount, and you can buy Jeff's books for 30% off. So thank you once again for that, Joe. Um, yes, there we go. I, of course, am on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show is, of course, Essential Apple. All our stuff is over at EssentialApple.com. Uh, and that's probably about it for this week. Uh, Mark, uh, you can be found, of course, at, at Ocean Speed, can you not? Yeah, at Ocean Speed, uh, I am working on uh, another YouTube video, but uh, yeah, Adobe Rush kind of killed my enthusiasm this week. Uh, iMovie won't let me do a picture-in-picture picture just to highlight something, which is all very, very nerdy. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you can get me on at Essential Apple on the Twitter. I do keep an eye on that. At Ocean Speed, if you want to see what I'm up to in my own weird little world. And of course, when I eventually get around to publishing a review, that's over at EssentialApple.com. Fantastic. Uh, I will say this is a little bit of a personal coup for us here at Essential Apple, but I have secured an interview with Tim Baharin of Tech Pinions and Creative Strategies, and I will be talking to him on the 31st of October, which by pure chance, uh, because Apple hadn't <laughs> announced their event um, when he made that uh, appointment with me, but will be the day after the Apple event. So um, I, I, going... I wonder if we'll get a, oh, I'm suddenly busy. Mm, well, that's possible. But um, I think he's, he's agreed to give me about like a half of an hour, uh, you know, on his uh, Wednesday morning. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I'll take so Jeff, thank you ever so much. Again, just remember, just remind people of your website and the name of your books and where to get them from. And then... Uh, I'm going to the pub. 
That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, again, that's uh, go to jeffcarlson.com. I'm on Twitter at, at Jeff Carlson, Instagram at Jeff Carlson. I was fortunate enough to you know snag that early on. Um, and uh, going to a pub sounds good, even though it's 1030 in the morning here. Maybe <laughs> it's always five o'clock somewhere <laughs> yes that's right let's get out of here once again jeff thank you ever so much i've certainly learned a lot it's uh it's got me fired up to try and not make all of my purple and my pictures look purple or completely blown out and uh yes i will be following you back on the twitter sir thank you fantastic all right let's uh let's get out of here cheerio cheers cheers You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening. Yeah, I was just thinking about what you said about HDR and stuff like that. And it, it reminds me of a story about a, a film editor who does um, color balancing. And it's a sort of gadget where you've got three ping pong balls in front of you. And you sort of twiddle and adjust them to get mm. the right sort of um, uh, color balance. And he, this guy was so good at his job, it would take him about 30 seconds or something like that just to sort of, you know, um, get it looking right. Mm-hmm. And then people would be amazed, oh, well, that's easy. It's only taking you a few seconds. And when he, he'd do this on purpose, he'd go leave the room. <laughs> people then would have a tinker about tinker with it. And then everything would end up purple and off colour. And suddenly, oh, no, no, it's not that easy. And that's exactly what happens with me in HDR photography. I take a picture and it just looks blown out of its life. Yeah, well, and, you know, HDR is also one of those things where um, you can get great, great uh, results, but it's so easy to just get terrible, terrible results too. Um, 
Although I, I will say that uh, um, I've played with um, the new Aurora HDR a little bit. Yeah. And, and uh, actually, so, so for, for the most recent uh, uh, episode of our podcast, we talked about HDR. And so I wanted to you know, show like, like an example of what not to do. And I will say to their credit, um, I had a hard time making a photo look truly terrible. I take that uh, challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that challenge, sir. <laughs> oh, it's you know, I I mean because you know the the early days of HDR, um, everything was just really garish and 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 overdone and overblown and. Um, yeah, like like it was just bad, and I'm glad things have have pulled way back into you know what I think should be the point of HDR, which is you know we want to improve it by expanding the dynamic range, not we want to show every little detail that is in this picture that you know really should just be in the shadows. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've seen some like that where they're, they're like so HDR'd. It's um, I don't know. It it becomes completely unreal, doesn't it? Because your your brain looks at it and says that can't be right. You cannot see that much detail in the shadows if you can also. <laughs> they're just I don't know. They look they look almost to the point of being like those sort of photorealistic pictures that people um you know who are very yeah. skilled can produce um and. I don't have a problem with HDR. I think used correctly, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a fabulous um, development if, you know, you know, used with, um, like most things, used with moderation. Yes. <laughs> Too much Definitely. of anything will over, you know, will overcook it. It's as simple as that.